right. A white Christmas in L.A. Can you possibly imagine how miraculous that would be? I mean, ladies, this would give you actually a legit reason to wear your Uggs, right? You know what I'm talking about? Just kidding. Just don't email me. Okay, don't email me. It's just, just a joke. Anyways, friends, welcome here to a New Story Church. My name is Tom. I'm one of the pastors here. And we are in the middle of our Christmas series called Miraculous, where we are examining some of the miracles of Jesus, as well as we ourselves are being examined by the miracle of Jesus, right? And today, we're going to jump right into one of the most famous miracles in the entire Bible, especially the New Testament. See, whether you're walking with Jesus now for maybe 50 years or more, right? Or maybe today is your first day in church. Maybe it's your first day in a long time. Maybe it's your first day ever in church. All types are welcome here. Everyone is more than welcome. But what I love about today's scripture, what I love about today's passage is whether you've been walking with Jesus for decades or whether today's your first day at church, everyone has some familiarity with this particular miracle, with this particular passage. As a matter of fact, this miraculous scene that we're about to focus on, check this out, it is the only miracle in the Bible Okay, it is the only miracle specifically in the New Testament outside of the resurrection that appears in all four Gospels. See, there are four Gospels in the New Testament. They are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? Exactly, okay? This is the only miracle outside of the miraculous resurrection that appears in all four. In other words, it was important enough for all four gospel writers to say, you know what, I need to jot that down. I need to make sure that everyone hears about this particular miracle. So here's what we're going to do. I've asked our lovely sister Mariah uh, to come on up. She did such a great job last week. Hey, can we give it up for Mariah here? She did such a great job last week, okay? I've asked her to come up and read for us this very special miracle found in John, if you've got your Bible here, John chapter 6. Turn with me to the Gospel of John chapter 6 as Mariah reads for us this particular passage. Check this out. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is, the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he had already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the, with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, know, Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and take him and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Amen. This is the word of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mariah. Now, some of you weren't paying attention. I know you weren't paying attention because you were watching all this stuff happen up here. <laughs> right? But check it out. What Mariah just read for us. Did you hear what she said? This is the miraculous feeding of 5,000 Men, 5,000 men were fed with what? What were they fed with? Five loaves. They, they, weren't, they weren't like Wonder Bread loaves, okay, with all the slices, okay? These were like barley loaves, okay? These were, these were, the kind, these were like the cheapest 
kind of loaves you could possibly have, okay? Five little barley, these were from Panera, so this doesn't count, okay? But five, maybe not Panera, uh, five barley loaves, okay? And what else? Two, what now? I couldn't hear you. All right, so now just give me a second here. Just, if the glove don't fit, it must acquit. All right, so, okay. Five loaves and, oh my gosh, the, oh gosh. I get squeamish, all right? So just, just bear with me here. Five, five, 5,000 men were fed with five loaves. Oh, jeez. Oh, and two, the things I do to prove a point, I love you guys, I love you, okay, two fish, okay, this looks like mac- holy mackerel, okay, <laughs> five loaves and two fish, 5,000 men were fed to the gills, so to speak, with just these two two things, these two ingredients, okay? It doesn't even account for the women and children. In Matthew chapter 14, the gospel of Matthew chapter 14, it actually says that there were women and children there as well, okay? So the five, it was actually more than 5,000. More than 5,000 people Jesus fed with just these two things, right? I mean, this is absolutely incredible, right? Barley loaves, two small fish, and oh, by the way, did you happen to catch this fact, okay? Uh, There were some leftovers, yeah? How many leftovers were there? Just a little bit? How many leftovers, church? Twelve basketfuls. Of leftovers. We've got like four here, another eight or so. These things are heavy, okay? Twelve basket full of leftover filet fish sandwiches, okay? Now, friends, I don't know about you, but in my house, okay, even with two refrigerators, okay, we have one in the kitchen. And then we have one in the garage, like this old dinky one in the garage that we keep there just in case, because I got three kids, okay? House full of five people. Even in our house with two refrigerators, okay, uh, somebody, usually me, let's just be honest, is always complaining, oh my gosh, what am I complaining about? Ah, there's nothing to eat in here, right? Okay, it's hard enough to feed a house of five people okay, to keep them satisfied, right? But these are 5,000 men. And so the idea of feeding 5,000 men with just this and this is absolutely miraculous. Wouldn't you say? If so, say amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's a miracle. Turn to your other neighbor and say, that's really a miracle. 5,000 men plus women and children with five small barley loaves and two fish. Just to contextualize, okay? This would be like feeding every single person in here. Just look around. Just take a second. Just turn around. Look behind you, okay? This would be like feeding every single person person in here. I'm not a math guy. I'm not a numbers guy. But if you do, I think the math is basically, it would be like feeding everyone you see in this room with like a little bit less than, oops, one loaf and maybe, ah, this. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Right now, can you imagine feeding every single person here right now with just this and catch that? Catch this. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just, 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 I'm just, I'm having too much fun here, okay? All right? 
That's crazy, right? That's absolutely crazy. I mean, just, you would never, you would, if you're a part of the hospitality team, right? You would never say, oh, don't worry about this week. We got this week covered. You got five loaves and two fish. All right, we're just going to be like Jesus, right? Read your Bible, right? You would never do anything like that, right? And not only would every single, I mean, if you just had that little piece of bread and that little piece of fish, and, uh, but not only that, but just can you imagine? I mean, look, the, this is, they, wow, you guys did an amazing tuna fish. Filet, actually, this is really good. Can we get some volunteers come up and, here, let's pass this out to everyone. We got filet of fish uh, tuna fish sandwiches, okay? Go ahead, have fun. We're gonna pass it out, have a little snack here during service, okay? Hey, can we thank the team that made these sandwiches? Okay? Okay, there we go. Oh, okay. All right, okay? Now, I'm gonna share those leftovers, okay? That's just 12 basketfuls. Now, some of you are like, wow. Wow, he's really trying to prove a point there. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I am. Why do we go so extra? Why are we doing this right now? It is to awaken your heart. Amen? It is to awaken your heart. It is to stir your senses to the miraculous event of Jesus Christ and what he does. How many of you have read this passage before? Go ahead and raise your hand if you've read this passage before. Right? Almost everyone. And we just kind of glaze over it. Right? But can you imagine? Can you imagine this really happening? How's that tuna fish, by the way? Not bad, right? Not bad. I mean, this is crazy, right? And remember, all of the, out of all of the miraculous things that Jesus did, just think about all the miraculous things that Jesus has ever done. Like, like um, changing water into wine, right? That was his first one, right? Or walking on water, that was kind of a big deal, walking on water. Uh, how about healing the paralyzed, or the deaf, or the blind, or the mute, or the bleeding woman, or the lepers, or the sick? All those were miracles, right? How about when Jesus calmed the storm? I mean, he even controls nature. He calmed the storm, right? And then he walked on the water, right? How about, how about when he casts out demons, right? Think of all these miracles. Just think in your head of all the miracles, the miraculous things that Jesus did. How about this one? How about his miraculous birth? The miraculous birth of Jesus Christ. What do we call that? Christmas. Yeah, that's the season that we're in, right? That's why I'm wearing a tie. I only wear a tie if I'm marrying someone or burying someone, okay? But Christmas, this is a special thing, right? So, all right, we're nearing Christmas. We're nearing this, this season, this occasion where we celebrate the birth of Christ. His birth was a virgin birth. It was a miraculous birth. But did you know that even Christmas, even his miraculous birth is not mentioned? It is not mentioned in all four Gospels. Did you know that? Yeah, Mark, he's the Scrooge, bah humbug, okay? Even his miraculous birth is not mentioned in all four Gospels. Some of you are eating too many tuna fish sandwiches. Pay attention, okay? <laughs> Even the miraculous birth of Jesus is not mentioned in all four Gospels. Yet this miracle which you are kinetically you're kind of experiencing right now, yet this miracle is the only one outside of the resurrection which is mentioned in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so my question to you this morning is this, why? Why? Why this particular miracle? Not even the birth of Christ, not walking on water, not healing, not calming the storm, not water into wine. This particular miracle. Why is it that this particular miracle is the only one outside of the resurrection that is mentioned, that is important enough for all four gospel writers to say, yep, better jot that one down. Why? 
I don't know. <laughs> but the reality is, there's not anyone this side of heaven who knows definitively the answer to that question. But here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. If you're someone here today looking to the miracle maker, Jesus Christ, for a miracle, this particular miraculous event, unlike many of the others, does provide for us, it does show us two very clear steps that, let me just put it this way, they will only help you in your quest for a miracle. If you're someone here today and you truly need a divine intervention and God to step down and Jesus to perform a miracle in your life, what I'm about to share with you, these two steps, they will help you in your quest. Now look, just I, this is where it goes off the, off the rails, right? The, somebody's going to be in here, not you, but maybe the person sitting next to you is going to be like, okay, oh, I got you now, pastor. Okay, okay. I'm going to write these two points down. I'm going to do these two points, and then I'm going to pray for the mega millions winning numbers, right? That's what's going to happen, right? No, 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 no. Of course not. That's not what I'm saying here. Believe me, that doesn't work. I tried, okay? It doesn't, that's not what's happening here, okay? But what I am saying, though, is this. As you seek the miracle maker, Jesus Christ, in prayer, as you seek the miracle maker in prayer, and last week we learned three components, right? What were they? Be passionate, right? Be persistent, be precise. As you do those three things we talked about last week, if you didn't hear the message, you want to hear it again, go to our website, newstorychurch.com, messages, and you'll see it right there, okay? As you do those three things, as you pray for these three things, as you pray in that way, you need to practice what I'm about to share with you today. And I call this, you can write this in your notes, go ahead and jot this down in your notes, we gave you some space there, okay? I want you to write the words, the give and take of miracles. That's the title of today's message. The give and take of miracles. Now here's what I mean. We're actually going to start with the word take first. Point number one is this. Number one is this. Take responsibility. Take responsibility. Friends, I need you to think of it this way. What did we just read? Jesus very compassionately, lovingly, wonderfully, beautifully, uh, passionately is ministering to people right? He's doing what Jesus does, right? He has lots of healing and teaching, right? And, and, and many of these people who are benefiting from his compassion, who are benefiting from his teaching and his preaching and all of his healings, many of them had been there all day with nothing to eat, okay? Hours upon hours with nothing. At least you all got tuna fish sandwiches, okay? Can you imagine being with Jesus, in the hot sun, albeit his preaching, his teaching, and his healings are amazing, but, but, but you're hungry, right? And, and they got nothing to eat, okay? But then notice, <laughs> Jesus is being so compassionate, right? But notice the attitude of his disciples. Oh, I love this. I love this. Check it out. Luke actually describes it this way. Uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 12 says, it's talking about the same scene, and it says this. Late in the afternoon, after all this preaching and teaching, late in the afternoon, 12, the 12 came to him, his disciples, his homeboys, his crew, right? His staff, right? The 12 came to him and said, what did they say? Send the crowd away. So they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging. <laughs> Send the crowd away. Don't you just love their compassion? <laughs> Send the crowd away, Jesus. Right? Jesus is out there pouring out his heart. Right? Life-changing messages. Right? Healing. Right? Pouring out his heart in compassion. Right? But his disciples are like, uh, yeah, Jesus, it's uh, getting kind of late. You know, it's, it's time to wrap it up. Eh, this is good and everything, but, you know, it, we, people got things to do. We, we got to go home. It's, I'm getting kind of hungry here, right? And then how does Jesus respond? Are you ready for this? Buckle up. Because this is what Jesus says 
to that attitude. He replied, who? Oh, I didn't hear you, church. He replied, who? You. You. Oh, Jesus, it's getting kind of late here. People are hungry. You've been doing this a while now. It's time to go. Time to wrap it up. And Jesus replied, you give them what? Oh, no, you didn't. Me give them something to eat? Me. No, 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 no. That's not, no, 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 no. <laughs> See, friends, <laughs> uh, I've been in full-time ministry now almost 20 years. I know I look young, right? But I just, I, it's been almost 20 years, okay? I've been a full-time pastor for almost 20 years. And uh, one of the things, I, I've got a very thick head, right? So it takes me a long time to learn things. But one of the things I have learned in almost 20 years of full-time ministry is this, okay? A lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people have a PhD in what I call problem identification. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah? Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? A lot of people got a PhD in problem identification. In other words, what am I talking about here? Okay. What I'm saying is a lot of people can identify problems, <laughs> mishaps, shortcomings, challenges, things that go wrong. A lot of people can identify all of those things. But guess what? Guess what? Not many are willing to contribute to the solution. Everybody can identify a problem. That's actually pretty easy, folks. But being able to identify a solution and much more being a part of the solution, no, ain't nobody got time for that. All right? But here's the deal. Guess what? Once you've identified the need for a fix, maybe even the need for a miracle, did you know, I'm preaching to you now, you better write this down, <laughs> Did you know that Jesus often asks you to take responsibility? Oh, no. <laughs> this is getting convicting, right? Once you've identified the need for a fix, once you, in all of your brilliance, in all of your geniusness, and all of your perception and wisdom have identified the need for a fix, the need for a miracle, guess what? Jesus often is saying to you, you need to take responsibility. Ah, yeah, those poor, starving people. Mm, oh, my heart. Oh, I see all these poor, starving people. I just, oof. I just need to pray for them. Oh, what, what are we going to do with these poor? Oh, wow, they sure do have needs. Oh, my gosh. If only someone, if only someone would help these poor, hungry, hungry people. I mean, there's so many of them. <laughs> if only God would use somebody. Oh, you're really hungry. You look really hungry. I'm sorry. I just, You give them something to eat. That's what Jesus tells the people closest to him. Are you close to Jesus this morning? Oh, nobody wants to say amen to that? Are you close to Jesus this morning? You. You give them something to eat. Oh, Pastor Tom, now you're getting personal. This is a little too convicting. By the way, did you notice what our sister Mariah read for us earlier? Verse 5 says this. Check, check out verse 5. It says, when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, 
he said to Philip, Philip was one of his disciples, Philip was one of the 12, he said to Philip, hey, hey, um, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Now, don't miss this, okay? I, I just love this, I love this. Verse six says, he asked this only to what? What's the next word? He asked this only to test him. Why? For he already had in mind what he was going to do. (laughs) Friends, do you see what's happening here? Jesus ain't asking questions because he don't know the answer. Ah, you know, hey guys, where's the nearest McDonald's around here? How are we going to feed these people? A billion served, fish filet, you know? Jesus not asking questions because he doesn't know the answers. Why is Jesus asking questions? To test. Hey, Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people? Oh, wow, there's a lot of people. Oh, oh, is it getting that late? Oh, I didn't notice. Oh, yeah, people are probably hungry, right? Let's get them something to eat. Okay. Hey, you know, where should we get some food to eat? He asked this only to test him. He already knew. Jesus knew the miraculous within him. Jesus knew the miraculous that he was going to do. He just wanted to test those closest to him. Are you ready for the miraculous? I know what I'm going to do, but are you ready for what I'm going to do? See, friends, sometimes Jesus shows you a need. This is the point. You can write it down. I see some of you writing. This is great. Sometimes Jesus shows you a need so that you can be a part of his miraculous solution. Does that make sense? Sometimes Jesus shows you a need, a problem, so that you can be a part of his miraculous solution. Again, verse 6 says, he asked them this only to test. It was only a test. It was only a test. He wanted to highlight it. He brought out this question. It was only a test, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. See, Jesus was going to use them and what they had, whatever they had, to do the miraculous, which is why Philip's immediate response to Jesus' test, to Jesus' question, is so hilarious to me. Check this out. This is how Philip, a disciple, actually responded to Jesus. Okay, verse 7 says, eight months wages. Eight months wages would not buy enough bread so that people could even have one bite. Be honest. This is church. I'm a pastor. Sunday. Confession time. How many of you are Philip? Raise your hand. Oh, there are more Philip. Raise your hand. Yeah, me too. Me too. How many of you are married to Philip? <laughs> Raise that hand. There's <laughs> always one, okay? <laughs> there's a dreamer and there's a dream maker, right? Okay? All right? <laughs> Philip. Philip, he's not a dreamer, right? He's not a dreamer. Philip's a dream maker, right? Jesus is the dreamer. He's always doing all these crazy things, vision and everything, right? Oh, good. Just take what he got and give it to him, right? And Philip's like, whoa, eight months wages, right? Are you kidding me, Jesus? Can't you just see Philip just say, are you kidding me? It actually uses an exclamation point. Very few times where you use an exclamation point in the New Testament. And not even a bite. Not even a bite. Right? Are you, you're, just think about this. Jesus, so you seriously, you seriously want us to spend two-thirds of our annual budget on this right now? That's like what you're saying right now? You want us to blow two-thirds of our annual budget right No, no, I'm sorry. This thing's over. Jesus, you got this one wrong. Everybody go home. Go home. Everybody, it's over. Show's over. Show's over. That's Philip. That's Philip. See, friends, sometimes Jesus entrusts you. And I'm using that word entrust very specifically. Jesus sometimes entrusts you with a problem so that you can be a part 
of his miraculous solution. But you gotta take responsibility. <clears throat> you can't pass the buck like Philip. You want a miracle in your life? You gotta take responsibility. You know, a brother came up to me during this series, actually, very recently. And he said, you know, Pastor Tom, I need a miracle. I need a miracle. I just, I'm praying for a miracle. I said, awesome, great, what is it? Pastor Tom, I need you to pray for me, please, 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 please. Uh, Pastor Tom, I'm just, I'm ashamed to admit this. I, I just, I'm so embarrassed. I haven't shared this with anyone, but um, I asked him if I could share this. It's okay, I'm not sharing his name. Uh, Pastor, I just, I need, I need a miracle. I just, can you pray for me that I would stop looking at porn? I just, I, I can't stop. I, I need a miracle. I need God. I need God to help me with this temptation, with, with this struggle, with, with, with this addiction. I just, I, I need a miracle. Help me to stop looking at porn. I was like, of, of course, dude, I, I totally, I get it. I'm a man, okay? I've been a men's pastor for years. Like, it's not the first time I've heard of this. Not the first time. I totally get Of course we'll pray. But let me just ask you one question before we pray. Anything, pastor. I just, I need this miracle. Whatever you say, anything, anything. Okay, dude, just this one question. Um, what have you been doing to stop? Like, like, how have you tried to quit? And you know what his answer to me was? I'm, I'm not even, I'm not in, his answer was, Oh, I, I, I totally gave up all that stuff. I just, I, I'm not even trying to quit. I just, I just need a miracle. What? It, he's not even going to try to stop quitting. In other words, he's not going to get like, you know, a program for, for his computer He's not going to throw away, you know, get rid of his hard drive. He's not going to get an accountability partner. He's not, he just wants a miracle. He just wants to wake up one morning and never be tempted by porn again for the rest of his life. And, you know, that may sound crazy to some of us, but the reality is, and it's very humbling for me, I realized we're all like that to some degree about something in some way, shape, or form, myself included, right? We all come across problems or needs. I'm, I'm talking about gigantic problems and needs, and we're like, oh, wow. Wow, that's a big problem. Wow. Really hope God helps with that. Wow. You know, like in the church world, Pastor David was talking earlier, in the church world, it's like, oh, wow. You need more volunteers in student ministry? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a lot of kids in there. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, wow. Oh, gosh. Yeah, praise the Lord. Oh, you got a miraculous sign here. Oh, the trust, all this equipment and stuff. Oh, wow. You need help taking down after service? Oh, wow. That, that's a real big need there, huh? Yeah. I see that need. Wow. I'm just going to pray about that, right? No, 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 no. Friends, take responsibility. It's actually that simple. Take responsibility. Because friends, let me tell you, when you do, when you do take responsibility, guess what happens? Blessings. Even the miraculous is not far off. Jot that down. When you take responsibility, blessings even the miraculous are not far off. Which leads us to our next point. Notice what happens. Oh, I love this. Notice what happens when a different disciple, okay, hears the same thing, sees the same thing, okay, 
and actually decides to take responsibility. See, it wasn't like Philip, right? Oh, I'll pray about that. No, wasn't like that. Eight months wages? No, wasn't like, takes responsibility, okay? Verse 8 says this. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Hey, Jesus. Hey, ho, oh, oh, hey, hey. Uh, here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. Okay, friends, do you really want to see the miraculous in your life? I'm asking you a question. Just, just, just nod if you want to see the miraculous. Do you really want to see the miraculous in your life? Yeah, okay, I see some head nods, okay, all right. Well, then whenever God opens your eyes to a need, you need to, number one, what? Take responsibility, and number two, here it is, Give God what you already have. Friends, do you need to see a miracle in your life today? If so, you need to take responsibility and you need to offer to God whatever you have. When you take responsibility and when you give God what you have, Guess what? You will see the miraculous. Friends, don't miss this. Again, this is the only miracle outside of the resurrection that was important enough, that was crucial enough. It provides a sort of template to where the gospel writer said, yep, 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 yep. I'm, all of them included it in the gospels. Don't miss this, okay? Amidst 5,000 grown men. It's, it's a little bit embarrassing, actually. Amidst 5,000 grown men, Jesus accepted what only a little schoolboy could offer. His sack lunch, basically. Can you believe that? Amongst 5,000 men, Jesus took what a little schoolboy had to offer, his sack lunch. But with his sack lunch, Jesus accepted that and performed the miraculous. Verse 11 says, Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. So friends, what do you have to offer God today? That's a question I need you to answer. Don't leave this place without answering that question because that question is straight from the word of God. What do you have to offer God today? In what area of your life do you need to take responsibility? You need a miracle? Great. Where's your responsibility in that miracle? And then, what do you have to offer God today? Some of you, I'm just going to be very candid. Some of you need a financial miracle, right? It could be you haven't been promoted in years. It could be you've lost your job. It could be bills keep piling up. I mean, one minute you're getting traction, and the next minute the, the, the AC goes out, the car goes out, you, you need a new uh, a water heater. That's just my life, <laughs> That's just, I, that's just repeated things from my life, okay? All right? And so some of you need a, 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 a miraculous uh, a, a work of God in your finances, right? Well, first thing, you, you need to take responsibility. Listen, Scripture says that God gives you everything you need in abundance. So, like, are you, are you budgeting the right way? Are, are you spending more than you actually make? Are you living beyond your means? Like, there's responsibility in, in some of that stuff, right? But here's the other thing I hear all the time, okay, is, oh, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not really tithing. I know I'm supposed to, right? Offerings and stuff like that. But, like, I'm just waiting on, like, this promotion. I just... I can't, I'm already in debt right now. And, but once I get clear of this debt, that's when I'll start giving to God. Like, I know, you know, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All these things will be added onto you as well. I, I know all that stuff. But like, once I get out of debt, 
Then I'll start giving. Right? So I, you don't understand, Pastor. I need a financial miracle now. And like if I give to God now, uh, that's more like debt. First of all, giving to God is not a debt. Okay? It's not a tax. It's not a tip. Okay? It's a tithe. Right? And, and, but you're like, oh, no, I'll, I'll give when I get out of debt. And no, 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 it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Give God what you have now. Five simple barley loaves. Friends, what do you have to offer God today? Are, are you concerned maybe, uh, maybe that it's not good enough? Maybe that what you have isn't good enough, Right? I mean, forget the finances, forget how much it is, but it's just not good enough. The quality is not good enough. Like, pastor, if you only knew how I lived during the week, there's no way God could ever use my life. Pastor, if you only knew what I was really like uh, outside of 10 a.m. on Sunday morning, uh, then, then you would agree with me. God has no purpose for my life. I'm just, I'm a lost cause. No, 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 no. Or, or maybe, maybe you think that you don't have enough time to do anything worthwhile, right? But Jesus says, yes, you do. Yes, you do. I will work with what you give me, Jesus says. So give. Give God what you have. Simply give God what you have. A schoolboy's lunch sack. That is all Jesus needed to do the miraculous. Why? Because in our weakness, he loves to show himself strong. So friends, as a simple step of faith today, I need you right now to make up your mind. Make up your mind to give God what you have. To take responsibility don't just, just stop. Just stop making excuses. Don't wait for the perfect situation. Don't delay for the ideal moment or the amount or the quality. Some of you in here right now, you need to apologize today. There, there's someone in your life, you need to, you know it. You know it, you know it. In the heart of hearts, you know, you, you need to say, I'm sorry. I messed up again. I feel horrible about this. And I'm so sorry. And I need to apologize. That's giving to God what you have. That's taking responsibility. So friends, as a simple step of faith today, simply make up your mind to take responsibility, to give God what you have. Don't wait for the perfect situation don't delay for the ideal moment or the ideal amount or the ideal quality or the ideal timing, okay? Just give God what you have today and watch. I'm telling you, as your pastor, just watch how Jesus begins to do the miraculous he already had in mind to do. He already has it in his mind to do it. What if he was just waiting for you to take a step of faith? This is not name it and claim it theology. This is not the health and wealth gospel. This is obedience. Do you see the difference? This is taking a step of faith. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to invite the band to come on up. They're going to lead us in a, in a song of worship where it talks about giving God uh, what we have, giving him our hearts, giving him our lives. And as they do that, I just, want to, I just want to share two practical applicational points, if you will, okay? Uh, you know, inside of your programs, I know Pastor David talked about this, talked about a connection card. Go ahead and take this out here, okay? This connection card, uh, 
this is like gold to us. Why is this like gold? Uh, because when you fill this out, we understand that this isn't just a piece of paper. This represents a life. Many of you put your prayer requests in here. Many of you share a, a lot of your heart in this. You let us know that you're here and how we can pray for you, and that's awesome. Today, what I'm going to ask you to do is this. Uh, on the back here, join a team. There are five needs that we see as a church, the church leadership. Uh, Pastor David mentioned that, you know, we, next week, this is, by the way, today is a historical day because today is the last day we will ever have one service. By God's grace, we have the privilege of being able to offer two services now. A lot of you have been wanting two services. We have volunteers that as we worship, they worship in a different way by serving. But they also want to worship the way that you're worshiping now, through hearing the word, through song, through praise, right? And so uh, we want to have a system and an environment where we attend one and serve one, where we attend one service and we serve at another service. So all that to say, starting next week, we double our efforts. Does that make sense? We double our efforts. Everything that you see and experience and that we do here once and that happens in that building right there is going to happen a second time. And so we need more volunteers. And that, that's, a, that's a serious need that we have. And so I'm pleading uh, to you as your pastor, hey, we're not saying don't serve. Uh, we're not saying don't worship. We want you to worship, but we want you to attend one service and serve at another. And you will see, you will see how God continues, that, that's a promise I will make. I feel comfortable making that promise. If you attend one and you serve one, you will see God work in your life in mighty ways. It's not a health and wealth gospel thing. That's not a, that's not a you know, a, 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 that's just a biblical principle that we see uh, throughout scriptures that we've talked about uh, even today. So go ahead and let us know uh, how you can serve. And, and what I love is... Um, Last week, an elder, just a real quick story, an elder was ta shared with me how she was talking with another uh, one of our guests, and they were talking about serving in the student ministry. And, and, and this person, this guest was like, oh, there's no way, like, I don't, have, I don't know enough of the Bible, like, I don't, know, I don't know kids and stuff like that. And this elder was like, put it, put it right down here on the lower shelf, and they're like, wait, can you, would you be willing to like, sit at that table and help register kids? And this person was like, well, yeah, I could do that. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. It's that simple. So, so if, if, if God's stirring your heart, if there's a way that you can serve, then just let us know. And when the, when the offering baskets, it's actually a popcorn bucket, when that gets passed around, uh, you can place this in there uh, with your tithes and offerings. That would be great. Let us know uh, how you see a need and how you want to help be a part and give what you have uh, in that. The last thing is this. Uh, if you take out your, there's two envelopes, okay, in your, in your uh, program here. Now, this is kind of funny because you got the regular one that says new story here. And then you, got, then you got this bad boy over here that says Christmas offering, okay. This is the end of the year Christmas uh, giving envelope. Uh, we're, this is actually leftovers from last year. We're trying to be good stewards, okay. Every single penny uh, that you give that comes into this church that we uh, give to the Lord, we're trying to be good stewards. So these are, we didn't print these up from uh, uh, brand new. These are actually printed from last year. Uh, but here's the deal. I know that at the end of the year, uh, people are often uh, motivated uh, to either catch up in their tithes and offerings uh, to, you know, whatever. Um, awesome. Great. Here's the deal. Here's what I want to remind you. You can never outgive God. You can never, ever outgive God. And so as you, you can take this one home, or if you, if you feel compelled, you can do it now. Uh, but my encouragement would be uh, to take it home and to pray about it. Pray about, okay, God, like, what are you impressing upon me? How can I give what I have to you? How can I seek first your kingdom, your righteousness? And all these other things will be added on to me. I'm so worried about my finances. I'm so worried about this bill. But, but in Malachi, uh, we, are, we are challenged by the word of God. And, and God's word says, see if I will not outgive you. See if I will not. Take what you offer me and multiply that for my kingdom and for your benefit. So that's something, this is, this is not a thing that I need to say. Uh, because I'm a pastor or a church. This is something that I need to say as a brother in Christ because I want you all to be as blessed 
as God wants to bless you. Does that make sense? So that's something that I want you guys to pray about and consider. And with all this in mind, let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Heavenly Father, Lord, help us to take responsibility and to give you what we have, Lord. Your word calls that in Romans, uh, a living sacrifices, to be living sacrifices, that that is our act of worship. It's not about attending a service per se. It's not about um, doing religious things. It's, out, it's actually about living sacrifices. Help us to be living sacrifices to put our faith into action. Lord, if there are people here today that need a miracle in their relationships, in their finances, in their health, in uh, just so many areas of life, Lord, I pray that you would hear their prayers. And I pray, according to your good, pleasing, and perfect will, Lord, that you would provide and that you would show up miraculous and that it wouldn't just be the gift of the miracle that they celebrate, but that it would actually be you, the miracle maker that is celebrated ultimately at the very end. Lord, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.